All right, guys, we've all been there. It's client feedback time. You're sitting in the cozy confines of your edit suite, and then all of a sudden you're thrust into the messy world of rendering, encoding, uploading to Dropbox, and emailing the clients. It's crazy. That is until today. The Whipster review panel for Adobe Premiere Pro lets you send your edit to your clients without leaving Premiere. Whipster does all the encoding, uploading, sharing, and collating of feedback behind the scenes. Sit back and relax as the comments appear directly in your Premiere Pro timeline as markers. It's seamless, smooth, and speedy. It's a revolution in collaboration. To find out more and to install the review panel, head to whipster.com. So check it out. It's the Whipster review panel for Premiere Pro at whipster.com. Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com, and I'm coming to you from Las Vegas for the NAB Show 2016, and I'm currently in my hotel room, hiding under a blanket to get slightly better sound uh, for the podcast. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because when you hear these interviews, you're going to notice that they're noisy in the background. So I apologize for that, but it's a very noisy floor, and to remove the sound in the background... Uh, I just I want to get these out to you as fast as possible so we'll be cleaning them up more later but to get the news out to you we're just posting them up we'll just interview the person cut them very basically and upload them so this episode we're going to be interviewing Al Mooney and Al and I talk about all the updates to Adobe's Premiere Pro and we also did an interview with Durin from the audition team which will be coming up soon but in the meantime here's my interview with Al Mooney. To start off, what are some of the big announcements for Premiere Pro this, this year? We have lots, um, I'll take you through them. The first thing I'll talk to you about is a whole new set of media management functionality inside Premiere Pro, and that's working uh, in conjunction with Media Encoder. Mm-hmm. And the, the real thing to understand with AME is it's become like a, a sort of toolbox for all of the media processing. Mm-hmm. It was very much used to be, you know, the final output, that's where you went at the end. Jeremy was talking about that new workflow with Audition. But also now, when you're bringing media in, we're also using that engine to do, do a lot of processing. Um, so what we enable users to do now is, whereas in the past we just used to, you just used to basically reference files on disk, you'd have you bring on your media in somehow, you'd go to the media browser, you'd import it into a project. We never managed any of the movement of the media, we didn't transcode the media, we were just like, we trust you to have it on a decent volume, and you know that was up to the user. Increasingly with the incredibly diverse array of file formats that our users need to work with all the time. And the fact that many of them are just impossibly large to to really deal with in a slick editing way. You know, if you're working with 8K plus files with high high dynamic range and high frame rates and all this stuff, and people want to work on lighter weight devices, this sort of of just, that doesn't work out terribly well. So what we wanted to do is just make a more flexible workflow where now you can choose to do, you can choose what you do with media when you ingest it. So you can just do a straight copy to disk. We'll, we'll now manage that in the background, just like if you may remember that Prelude does yeah. that. So it's basically yeah. the same, basically the same functionality as Prelude, only leveraging the media encoder engine. So you can just do that. You can transcode into a house format on ingest if you, if that's what you want to do. So again, if you're working with loads and loads of different formats, while we always will support everything native, that's always been our strength. Uh, it, it is true to say that mixing loads of different formats is you, you get you know you get a performance hit from that for sure. So that's one thing you do. But then you can either copy and create proxies or just create proxies, and that's via a preset workflow. You could use included presets or make your own in media encoder. Um, 
so yeah, and you just generate a lower, lower res version of, of the full res file. It manages, obviously, the relationship between them. You can freely flick back uh, to full res at any time and vice versa. Um, a particularly nice thing that we're offering as a one of the presets for the proxy location is to uh, put them in a directory in the Creative Cloud Files directory. Yeah. And people are really, you know, there's some limitations still, obviously, but it is quite nice to have, you know, your low-res files that are just synced to your multiple devices, sync the project as well. You can work across devices um, and then only go back to full res when you're back at your, yeah. your sort of full power of your machine. So. Well, it seems like you guys are really working towards um, basically you pick up your iPad with or your you know Windows tablet with the the app the mobile app you go you show the director you come back and it's all ready so this is like an extra I mean I think we're very I, I, Adobe as a whole yeah. as an organization as a whole is very interested in leveraging all of these device everyone wants to do it yeah. right it's crazy I have a crazy powerful device in my well it's on the table yeah. right now but you know that thing um, and everyone wants to work with tablets, it's just, it, and you don't want to be limited. If you, if you want to be creative, yeah. you should be able to use something. We want to design experiences that are optimized for the right device, which is why Clip does not look like Premiere Pro, yeah. and, uh, or, or doesn't operate like Premiere Pro, because it's a completely different place to be. But yes, no, very much. I think, I think a sort of continuum of use of, of devices is definitely something we're aiming for. We're, n we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, but a little demo I have done a couple of times is just ingesting some 6K, on a big beefy machine with a fat GPU, generating little H.264 720p proxies, picking up a Microsoft Surface or something yeah. like that. Because you know we have touch and gesture support yeah. in the in the app now, and it's really nice. You can do your lightweight stuff and link back. So yeah, I mean I think that's the sort of long-term goal is to be able to let you be creative with video, you know, on any well, device. You talk about like working together in, in the different departments and everything working seamlessly. Um, one of my questions was going to be, and it's kind of for both of you, but. Um, a lot of times in companies you become very siloed in your product mm -hmm. or your distribution or your, for something like VR that just got put into Premiere, how do you determine with the After Effects group, uh, group who, you know, what's going to be done in After Effects, what's going to be done in Premiere, you know, should it be all After Effects, should it be Premiere, um, like how do you figure out what's the best path for, for your products in that sense? I mean, I think the, it's, it's true to say that that is a ch it's a challenge. You pointed it out yourself. It, it's very easy, I think, when you're working on separate deliverable items which have to be good and have a very specific uh, and very, very demanding, and that's good, set of customers. It's very, it can be very difficult not to just give, give all these people the things, and you do need to think about breadth. However, I think we're getting pretty good at that. I mean, I, I'll ask an example. This is not the VR example, yeah. but think about where we took our, what we've done with color, you know, we could have just carried on making the radio application and had a workflow between us and them. We didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. We knew people didn't, you know, yes, direct link is a, was a good thing. Dynamic link is a great thing. But moving between different applications all the time to get something done is not, I, I think it's frustrating and it takes you out of the, you know, you have to sort of reprogram yourself a little. So we wanted to make sure in that example, you could do pretty much everything you could do in a grading application, but in an editing app, in an editing context. You know, that was a real team effort between us and what we would then have called the speed grade team and now we just call the color team. Yeah. Look at Durin's awesome essential sound panel. Yeah. It's not in Premiere Pro and that's the end of that sentence, but you know. No, but it makes, like in yeah. terms of, um, like obviously there's things that go between Premiere and Audition, which are fantastic. Like I love dynamic linking yeah. between the two. 
So I mean, with regards to spe specifically asked about VR, the, you know, we we are cautiously investing in VR. Mm -hmm. We didn't go crazy. Um, yeah. We've got some good. I don't want to call it basic because it's much cooler than basic, but it's you, the sort of building blocks of the functionality, the things you need to do. You can bring your Stitch Deck Rec Media in, go into a field of view mode, pan around, have the experience. Yeah. Um, you can even, and I don't know if you know about this, but it is so cool and just a little bit funny that we're bringing the anaglyph glasses thing back. You can go into anaglyph <laughs> mode. It's on that presentation, yeah. 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 So I just, I, I, I think that's kind of cute. But if you want to wear an Oculus Rift and have the full experience, then there's multiple third parties who, who sort of fill that gap. So that's, I like, I like playing things that way. Yeah. We can't do everything. With regards to with After Effects, it, it's very much been an editing-centric um, piece of work we've, we've, we've taken up so far. Again, but, uh, there's companies like Metal that can embellish the 360 experience in After Effects. But if this thing takes off, and it really, really does, then of course people are going to want to be able to place yeah. CGI within the sphere, and that's where we'd probably go to After Effects. But um, it, was, it was more of a premiere feature this go around. And um, just talking about the proxy systems, to, you know, being able to do proxies on ingest, uh, is VR going to be covered in that too? Because I know that the VR files can get pretty... <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, we're actually not at all fussy about what's coming in or what yeah. proxies you make. Like I say, we'll offer you some presets, but if you bring in like a square over-under stereoscopic frame that's 8K by 8K, which is one of the big files that you were yeah. describing, Yes, many people will transcode that down to something basic uh, or, or create to something smaller. I don't know why I said basic. And then you can link between the two. So yeah, really, it, we're not fussy. Any media that you can work with, you can create proxies out of. And that, you know, I, it, it's also interesting that the very term proxies implies small and crappy. Yeah. But you know, the, the um, I always think it's funny to go back to the Gone Girl story. I know we've talked about Gone Girl a lot, but they, they acquired 6K, made 5K frames, and their proxies were 2.5K. So, you know, that's not, that's not a proxy in anyone's mind, really, yeah, yeah. But, but it is just a, an easier way of working. So. And the, the color panel yeah. and the metry, so can you tell us about the updates? Sure. That? Um, so that's been really tremendously successful and well-received, and I'm, I think it's one of the things we're most proud of that we've done recently, actually. I, you know, I've explained again what the notion of it was and why we, why we did it. And so we think color is increasingly essential, if something can be increasingly essential. Um, two editors in the creative process. It's just, it, and every year it gets more more important. I think, so we want to make sure that we're giving them the tools they need to make things beautiful. So there's a bunch of new stuff. Um, we have all of the speed looks, linear looks bundle included within Premiere Pro now. So that's like up to fifty something, really beautiful one-click aesthetics, and they're gorgeous. Um, we've also added uh, uh, secondaries in the panel, so HSL-based secondaries which can be complicated and confusing, and we made sure that they aren't. With that very, again, like we always do with our Lumetri stuff, we wanted to make it approachable for editors, so there's a simple swatch making the key. And you, I mean, you do have to manipulate parameters, it's yeah. not completely magic, but you can get to a really good mask really quickly. And then once you've made your mask, the controls beneath it, which manipulate the mask, are familiar to you from other places yeah. in the panel. So it's temperature and tint and contrast and things like that, and not 12-way lift gamma gain, yeah. which is confusing yeah. to an editor or to many editors. Um, we've also added support for control surfaces. Uh, you'll see that being demoed on the stand. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't think editors would have ever thought they'd want to buy some, some color balls, you know, a few years back because yeah. it, was, it was tens of thousands of dollars and why would I? But actually now, things like the Ripple, super yeah. cheap, 
really nice and it just gives you that bit more creativity. So there's that too. Uh, then the other thing, what have I forgotten? Scopes, so um, improved scopes as well. Things like brightness control, higher resolution, the scopes will actually, so we have some initial support for Rec 2020 as well. While we're not working in Rec 2020 color space, you can bring files that are Rec 2020 into Premiere Pro, we'll show you that information in the scopes and you can pass them out retaining that data. So, so loads of new color stuff yeah. is the short answer to the question. Now, the last question that you heard when I was asking I've him. I've got a good one. Yeah, what are you gonna do to relax or come down after all this crazy? The day after I leave, we're going for our 20-week scan to find out if it's a boy or a girl and make sure it's got all the right number of organs. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't call that relaxing, however. <laughs> it's actually quite terrifying. The day after that, we're going to Maui for 10 days. Oh, wow. So, I've got it going on. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. So that was my interview with Al. I'd like to thank Al Mooney and, of course, the Adobe production team for setting this up. Make sure to check out our next interview with Duran from the audition team. I'm your host, Gordon Raquel. Thanks for listening.